I'm sorry to break up these intimate moments. I hope that's been helpful, but do carry on with this at home because it's actually really quite exciting when the Holy Spirit shows you things for your marriages. And um, I don't think it would be too dis- You know, this is called Nothing Hidden Ministries, which is a bit scary, but that's the title of it. And um, so we've learned to be a little bit more disclosing. So I'll just tell you, um, I felt the Lord say to me, it's time for cherry picking. So I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, we'll work on it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, this is really an 18 week course, and we're trying to practice it in less than an hour. So um, we've had to pick and choose what to do here today. And um, one of the things we found very helpful was to learn about how to be good listeners. And this is to go to do, obviously, with communication. Now, it says in James chapter 1, verse 19, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So I'm going to talk a little bit, just briefly, on the subject of listening, um, as we obviously verbally communicate with each other. <clears throat> You've heard the saying that God gave us two ears and one mouth, and uh, so um, remember that. Um, so if we don't if we don't listen well, this can lead to disagreement and, and can actually lead into conflict. Um, and it's not uncommon for that to happen in marriage. Uh, you know, I'm speaking personally, um, but of course in other relationships as well. So as we're going through this uh, material, it's it's important for marriage. It's important for any communication that we're having with people. Uh, just a brief testimony before I go further. Um, why did Peter and I get involved with Lamb? Well, about three years ago, we handed on the church we were leading in Aberdeen to a lovely young couple. Um, we decided to move south for various reasons, which I cannot go into today. Too much time taken up for that. So, um, but consequently, um, you know, we needed to sell our house. <coughs> So believe it or not, the, the time we put our house in the market, the oil market across the world just fell. And so because the Aberdeen economy was based on oil, that affected the housing market. Anyway, so it was a little tricky um, <clears throat> trying to sell our house. And we were also adjusting to a new phase of life where we were not leading the church anymore, obviously. So there were a few things going on there, um, and we found that our communication was somewhat deteriorating. Now, many years ago now, um, we did the Myers-Briggs test. Many of you have heard of that, it's personality tests, and we are nearly opposites. <laughs> Not quite, nearly opposites. And so when we were communicating, what we found was that we were... Um, what we were saying, it was, it was like going like this. You know that thing? Maybe some of you do. Now, we were often actually saying the same thing, but the way in which you were saying it, it wasn't connecting. And so we decided that we needed to go and get some help. Now, this year, we'll have been married 45 years. So there is always hope. <laughs> always hope. Um, so we did. And... In October 2016, we found this lamb course that was going on. We went there, and along with 
the listening communication tools that we learned. There are many other aspects to it that were really, really helpful. And so this is why we're um, doing this today. Um, it's just to really help us move into healthier ways of relating. So to get back to the kind of teaching bit of this, um, firstly, disagreement or conflict can happen. Firstly, uh, it's, it's coming if we're not coming to the conversation with an attitude to understand. Secondly, it can happen if instead of listening, we're actually reacting to what the other person is saying. And here's some examples of blocks to good listening. So you can imagine two people in a conversation. The first person shares, and what they're sharing is actually tapping in to some memories that the listener has. Some similar experiences, perhaps. So this is immediately distracting the listener to what is being said to them. Their concentration is going all over the place. Their focus switches from what's been said, in this case we'd say our spouse, and onto themselves. So that's a block to actually good listening. Another thing that can happen is that as the person is sharing, the person listening can immediately go into a mode of, I'm going to fix this. I know what to say to make this better. I'm a fixer. Or for me, it can be more like, oh, that's dreadful. I really need to make it all better. And it doesn't help because it stops you from really good listening. Um, or if you think the subject that's been brought up is going to cause an argument, then you may just want to change the subject and just not deal with it. So that's not helpful either. So as I said earlier, most arguments arise out of misunderstanding, not necessarily a difference of opinion. So going back to us, that was what was happening. We weren't disagreeing necessarily, we just weren't really understanding which the other, what the other person was saying. I said, it's not working. <laughs> um, so if you just go into a sort of exchange of opinions and you're not really listening, you're going to get nowhere. So when the first person is sharing, remember the other one is listening. The listener needs to help their spouse reveal what they really believe, they feel, they fear, they understand, hope, and value. So you're seeking to not just listen to the words, you're hoping to get into what the spouse is feeling. Maybe even the feelings behind the issue. That can be important. And sometimes the listener can actually say things that um, helps the person that's sharing get in touch with what's actually going on inside them. It's, this is not actually very complicated. You probably do this a lot anyway. I'm just going over it for you. But if um, we work in this sort of environment, I really think it helps trust grow between couples because it shows that marriage is a safe place. And we need safe places these days. We really do. So how can this be achieved? So you choose. One person of the couple has something they want to, um, the other one to hear. So we'll call that the issue. The first person shares their issue, keeping it short, keeping it simple, keeping it to the point, not really complicated, because if you make it complicated, people can't work out what you're actually saying. So keep it simple. 
And then the listener responds by saying, okay, well, what I hear you saying is dot, dot, dot. Or you could say, it sounds like this to me. But the response needs to be owned by the person that's listening. So you need to keep, um, you know, I or me in the statements, statements that you um, share. So if you've heard correctly, that's wonderful. You can move on. If you haven't heard correctly, because um, that can happen, um, then the first person who's sharing may need to explain a little bit more so that it, it becomes clearer. So you go backwards and forwards, somebody's sharing, somebody's listening, explaining what they've heard until they feel they've been understood. Being understood is very important. So good listening can take time. It focuses on the other person. It shows they matter. And this is a gift from one to the other. Giving each other time, listening carefully, it enriches your relationship. It actually leads to connection and harmony. It's simple but powerful. So in the, this course, we talk about the spiritual connection, the emotional connection, the physical sexual connection. Each aspect of those things are dealt with. Now we can't go near masses of it today, but this is one aspect of it. And just before this is modeled to you, um, it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So that would be your spouse in this case. Okay, so that's a brief description of what we're talking about here. So... And thanks for this. So what we'd like to do right now is I'd like to introduce you to Bill. And you're going to get a chance to put into practice what Rosemary's just taught. Uh, so before that, Bill um, is going to share an issue. And then I will invite you to respond to what you've heard Bill say. And we'll see how we all do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Hello. So, a um, little bit of background about her and myself. Her is just come back in. She's, we didn't fall out before we started. She's, <laughs> she's, just come, she's been slaving over a hot photocopy because this seminar is more popular than we thought it would yeah. be. Um, so, I met her in 1977. Christmas party. Uh, we started dating um, after Christmas. And after 10 days, after her first date, I asked her to marry me. <clears throat> she didn't answer as quickly as I proposed. But uh, in the following May, um, we told everybody that we were going to get married, and the, the May after that, we were married. The issue, um, and it's only part, I'm only... Switch on. There's a switch on it. There's a switch on it. We're going to talk a little bit about the issue, uh, so you've not got much to work on. But um, the, the idea of the activity is that uh, you go past the facts and get underneath to the feelings. 
and um, Hilary knows what I'm going to talk about, and she knows that I'll be representing Hilary too, so it's Hilary's feelings and my feelings involved in this. Um, one of my pastimes is I play in a Cayley band, musician, play in a Cayley band, and um, we get gigs now and again, and I really enjoy them. And um, a fortnight ago, the band leader rang me up and said, we've got a gig coming up. Um, it's in May. Uh, would you do it? And um, I, I didn't say yes straight away. I always think it's a good idea to discuss things with your spouse. And um, Hilary was, she's usually, she knows how important it is to me and how much I enjoy it. She usually says, yes, my point. But uh, this time she said, I'm really not sure about that. Thank you, Bill. So, you've heard Bill's issue. Now, now, what I just invite you to do, based on what Rosemary taught, you know, about what you've heard, feedback to Bill. Just, just talk to Bill what you heard him say a moment ago. So, just anyone, just let's have a volunteer, just speak out. Yes, sir. Do you hear that, Bill? Sounds as if Bill is disappointed that Hillary didn't agree straight away. More, more uh, disappointed was one of the feelings, but it was another feeling. Confused. Yes. Confused. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> straight on. Very good. So you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Bill, uh, sorry, the word is, um, my friend, your name? Clive. Clive said, Bill is confused. That was the issue for you, wasn't it? Yes. You were confused. Do you want to say any more, Bill? There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I'm not going to tell you without your That's the idea. That's exactly the idea. Do you feel that you've been heard and understood? Both of these were spot on straight away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you get got straight into the feelings, which is uh, which is what the, it's about. It's about understanding. Oh, you've got to use the mic. Oh, no, no, sorry, no. sorry. I'll switch it on as well. <laughs> sorry. I was intrigued that you mentioned that you met and proposed quite quickly. But then it took quite actually a couple of years before you got married, and I wondered if that was relevant to what you were saying. It, it took uh, a few months before Hillary um, uh, said yes. Um, and is that relevant to what? You, does that affect you in some way? It, it is relevant because they were just telling me it's relevant. Why? <laughs> Good answer. The, the relevant date was uh, the fact that we, we got married in May. Um, Hillary actually, it was May when Hillary said, when we announced our engagement, but it was, it was May, two years after 1977, that we got married. 
So now with the further information, can you see? <laughs> this is the way it works. It's a very good model. Any more? Yes, come on, let's take another couple of comments. So, your Cayley Band concert clashes with a very important anniversary in the calendar for you as a couple. Close. It isn't in a direct clash. So I'll, I'll tell you where it, how it does fit in. You're going uh, away. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay, please be fine now. Before this, one of, one of the rules on this is that we don't we don't uh, try not to express volatile issues. <laughs> So we failed already, but it's a wonderful issue. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it's not volatile. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, right, what's next? Okay, what we want you to do then with a non-volatile um, issue is to turn to each other. One of you, we haven't got time for you both to do this, so one of you choose uh, who's going to do the sharing and the other one will be the listener. And what we want you to do is use that sheet of paper we've given you just to help you go through this exercise. Okay, you may do it like this many times before, but just, you know, do it anyway. So can you do that? And we'll give you, um, what will we give you? 10 minutes to do that. So um, go for it. And if you don't have an issue, ask the Holy Spirit and he will show you, okay? So they're doing it now. I'm Thanks very much.
Okay. Well, we're cutting short the fun, and I'm so sorry for that. Time is, time is a factor today. But um, I hope you're having time to raise a, an issue that um, you, some of you are clearly enjoying, which is wonderful. Um, without further ado, I'd love to introduce Jono and Lucy to you again. They're going to come and... Uh, Jono and Lucy did the land course with us in Leicester, actually, last year. So, Jono and Lucy, thank you. Over to you. Give us a story of what it meant to you. Hi, so um, John and I have been married 20 years this year. Remember that, don't you? And don't look at Kaylee. Yeah, and so we we've done the Holy Trinity marriage course in the past. So probably lots of you guys have. And um, we've got we've got three teenagers, and we've got to a time in our life where we thought. Yeah, we want to invest in our marriage because we want to have something at the end when they leave home. We don't want to just be empty nest and not have any interest in each other. So we didn't, like I said, we did the Holy Trinity one and we'd um, heard of the Love After Marriage course, but we'd heard the Holy Trinity one was a bit like be, having a Labrador coming up and being stroked by this Labrador and, and licked and you just afterwards felt, oh, lovely, lovely. And that's how we felt with the Holy Trinity one. We'd really enjoyed it, didn't come away with massive things that we didn't know about each other but we'd heard the lamb course was a bit like a rock violence to bite you and tear you to pieces and then you have to build it all up afterwards so we were a little bit apprehensive um so we did go into it thinking i don't promise this is going to be good um but immediately what i mean one of the first things um we did was that thing that you just did now about ask the holy spirit to reveal reveal what he thinks of your marriage and we went into that and something has changed we were like oh gosh you're doing this God and so it wasn't like being told you have to do this in your marriage to get it better it was God was leading and he was saying yeah I like that bit that you do but you know you could work on that bit and you know like we talked about this morning um you know we want the spirit to be part of all of our lives every bit of it and if he's involved then it has to be good doesn't it um so anyway, sorry, that was a bit long. Um, so some part of the course was we did a spiritual connection, is that what it was called? Right. And it was like a one-to-one. -one. So me and John kind of volunteered to do this. And it was with a group of, um, there was eight couples and, yeah. no, six couples. Six couples. And we all sat around and they all watched us. And we sat one-to-one, -one, me with Rosemary and then John with Peter. And we had to talk about anything that maybe would come up that was perhaps hindering our marriage and how we related to each other, how, um, you know, what baggage we had in our marriage and whatever. And um, one thing that sort of came up was an issue I have with my mum. So I'm one of seven children. My mum, I'm the eldest, the very bossy one. And um, as she carried on having children, she ended up having quite a bad postnatal depression. And our relationship really suffered. And because there were so many of us, I'd left home by the time she, she was still having children. And our relationship never really mended properly. And I think that was always something that had come into our marriage, maybe that sense of abandonment or... That it just felt like she stopped loving me and you know all this came up with tears with everybody watching me and everything and it was quite a vulnerable place to be and we prayed through lots of sort of generational stuff stuff that had been you know i'd buried and maybe had been coming up and affecting our relationship and just broke a lot of stuff and there wasn't a lightning moment it wasn't that day my mom rang up and said lucy i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it wasn't like that at all but as we were preparing with peter and rosemary for this course um it just struck me, something has happened, like in the last three months, that my mum, something has happened in that relationship, and God has started to mend things. It's not that the old relationship that he's put sticking plasters on, he's like given something new, and she started 
um, talking to me in a different way, and she she likes Jono. She didn't like Jono before. She's messaging him more than me and asking opinions and things. And you know, so the love after marriage course is amazing because it's not just about the things that you think it's about. It's like digging up all of it. And you know, the reason we're here this week is it's now is the time. And God is so interested in marriages because marriages are really under attack. And you know, we were, we want to um, inspire you and encourage you to get to. I love after marriage course because it's great. You want to share? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what's left, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, Lucy's covered most of the stuff that I would probably have said as well, but like, I think maybe even just, you know, just kind of feel for some of you guys, you know, this isn't um, the kind of thing that we're normally very good at. You know, I mean, I'm a Yorkshireman at heart, I'm not very good at talking about my feelings or anything like that. And um, it's safe to say that when we first kind of talked about going on the lamb course, um, there was a bit of trepidation. In fact, I was, up until about 10 minutes before we were going, I was like, Lucy, just text Peter and Rosemary, tell them we're ill, tell them something, but whatever, I don't want to do this, I really don't want to do it at all. And, um, you know, it's quite, a, um, as a bloke, I think trying to be, you know, being vulnerable in those situations is difficult. But, on the other side of it, you know, it is the most important relationship that we have and you know god really values our, our marriages he wants to bless them he wants to uh, encourage us and he wants to heal us up so we can actually um, live in everything that he has for us within our marriage and so you know just as an encouragement i would say like you know if you get a chance to do this course like definitely do it and um you know god will definitely show up and do stuff in your marriage so yeah great Thank you so much. Okay, um, what we wanted to do actually also was just share one of the other kind of tools that um, you learn and um, use within the Love After Marriage course. Um, and I, it's difficult because I don't want to take this out of context, really. And there is teaching on the DVDs around this subject. But in talking to other people who have done the course, this particular tool seems to be one that they really use and find it really strengthening and a blessing in their relationship. So it's actually called Spirit Blessing. Um, so when I first heard that term, I thought, hmm, that's, that's weird, actually. <laughs> and I didn't know how to, to deal with it. But anyway, we went through it. And uh, because we went on a three and a half day course, which we'll maybe have time to talk about later, uh, which is very intense. Um, so when I went home, I decided I needed to look into this uh, from the Bible. And actually, you know, this is probably not needed now, because after this morning, it was like, yes, this is just like so much more of what we're going to be talking about here today, you know, about how our spirits are so important. And So anyway, backtrack. Um, I thought to myself, well, which bit of me, when I became a Christian, was actually reborn? What, you know, it wasn't my body, it wasn't my mind, it was my spirit. And so... The Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit then touches our spirit and we become new creations, right? Obviously, Patty did that a lot better than I did just now. But um, that, that's, that's the truth. And so when we're talking about this tool, um, we're talking about blessing 
our new spirits within us. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Um, and as I said, there's a lot of teaching on the, on the course on this. Um, but then as I looked, uh, we looked through the Bible, some of the verses to actually, if you like, reinforce this came to mind. So it says in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, you can look for yourselves, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Malachi, in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse, second bit of verse 15, it says, So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. So it's to do with our marriages, you see, as well. Um, so these are only a couple of examples, but, you know, the teaching this morning, the Bible is full of it. Um, and um, as we were talking to John and Lucy as we were doing the course of them, and, and Jonah spent a while... He decided, right, I'm going to do a study in the Bible. We didn't know he was doing it. And uh, you came up with the same conclusion. I think it's it's always in the Bible. Our spirit, part of us, is vital. And so when we bless each other as husband and wife, we bless our spirits, things change. We change. I know I've changed. Um, and, um, and we want to uh, model this to you. Um, yeah. Uh, so what we do is, um, in the heat of the moment, I might forget the words, I've been doing it for two and a half years, but, you know. So in the morning, we, when we waken up, we bless each other's spirits, and then the at night, before we go to sleep, we do the same. And what we found is, we, actually at this stage of life, we're not often apart, but sometimes um, we are, and so you, we do it through email over the phone or by text so you can just you know you're just communicating with each other it's much better to look in each other's eyes and do it but so what we say is um in the mornings when you're waking up you say peter i call your spirit to attention to operate in a leadership role over your soul and body and peter i call your spirit into alignment with the purpose of jesus for today and I have to say, don't do it to me, but um, <laughs> sometimes I physically feel like myself, it's like, I don't know, my spirit's in, you know, Jesus is in us, but it's like I feel, oh gosh, I'm awake, you know, my spirit's awakened. And um, anyway, that doesn't have to happen. Rosemary, I call <laughs> your spirit to attention, to operate in a leadership role over your soul and body. And Rosemary, I call your spirit into alignment with the purpose of Jesus for your life today. Yeah. I always like to look into Rosemary's eyes, but especially when I'm saying that. And it's like, you saw the thing with Derek Morphew earlier, we were in a different context, we had his dial and we were centering. For me, that doing what I've, you've heard us say, for me is a centering on the spirit, the spirit's leading, for all the good reasons that Putty has shared. And then at night, what we do is, um, Peter, I call your spirit to be prominent over your soul and body 
so that you might receive all the rest and all the revelation Holy Spirit wants to bring to you through the night. He gives to his beloved even as they sleep. Now, the couple that actually do this course are really into dreams. I mean, they like dream all the time. We dream, but we don't remember them, okay? <laughs> so, but I do think that uh, as you do that before you go to sleep, it, it brings a, a peace and a quietness, you know? And um, so we would, we would advocate that you take this on board, whether you're actually um, going through the course or not. And I, I think um, now might be a, a good enough time to actually say to you that all these tools, the two that we've been, you know, the two we've been using today are, can be found on an app, an app for everything. So if you want to do that, if you want to get the app, I think it costs about five pounds or something, so it's not free, but there's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, it's called Nothing Hidden Ministries. And um, so, if you did the course, uh, along with the bigger book, you get a little book like this, which I'm, I'm really not advertising the course, I'm just telling you what you get. Yeah, well, we are, okay. So, this... <laughs> well, we are. Well, you, but this, this tool book is all in the app, okay? Um, so, and it's very helpful. There are many things in there that are really helpful. Um, so we haven't we haven't um, uh, photocopied that exercise, but you could you could easily access it if you want to. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Oh, so. Oh. Another, sorry, just to recap, another thing you can do with the um, blessing the spirit is you, it goes on from there. Uh, let me just find the right page. So once you've done that, um, you you know looking into each other's eyes is important, and uh, you you can see you can say things like you know I bless your spirit to have peace, or a bless your spirit to have confidence. And so we are actually asking the Lord to do that, but we can bless each other in that way, if you understand what I'm saying. And um, it can actually be really helpful, because if you're, for example, if one of you are going into a, an interview or a tricky situation at work and you're a bit anxious, um, and then the other one just says, well, look, hang on a second. I just want to bless your spirit with peace right now. It's amazing. It's just a challenge. Go and do it. See what happens. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, now, um, the Lamb course has homework. And, uh, and I love the way Bill always, when he does the course here in Trent, we've done the course with... Uh, they like course which we participated in here in Trent and, and Bill um, makes it beautifully clear, I love what he says, he says, if you haven't done the homework, you haven't done the course. That's what he, says. he says it very sweetly, I love it. And so, uh, but it is true, it is true, just so you are thinking of doing the course. And so I just want to um, mention uh, a couple of aspects of, of homework. Um, the first one, the first one is, I'm going to mention sex 
okay? Sex is a crucial part of our marriage relationships. Uh, and sex can sometimes be neglected, and sometimes it can be challenging and difficult. And I say this really with all inadequacy and humility, uh, but it's a subject that's really important to speak about. And the course that um, we're talking about does address the issue of sexual, in sexual intimacy and any hindrances that people may find to that. Now, I'm sure many of you just, you know, have a wonderful sex life, and praise God, may that continue. But other people do find it challenging. And there is a part of the course, uh, when we deal with the sexual, I think it's three or four chapters on, on sexual intimacy and sexual issues, where uh, the homework, it's the best homework in the course, and I can put that in. <laughs> uh, you know. Right? And it's called... Well, it was when we did it in my study. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually called the sex... It's called the sex challenge. And um, I'm going to invite you respectfully... I'm always going to You need... I'm telling you, I'm going to invite you to discuss with your spouse here if you want, but not, you don't have to do it here. Uh, if you would wish to, just talk about how much intimacy you're going to enjoy together in the next seven days. That's the question. You do not have to do this, but it would be remiss of us not to mention this as we're addressing the course. And I can assure you that we have um, found that uh, we, we have a wonderful life of sexual intimacy. From time to time we face challenges and uh, you know, sought help and stuff. But uh, this is a really crucial part of our lives, our marriages. And um, the Holy Spirit is the center of this conference, I believe. And I can, you know, we know the Holy Spirit is the first person to accept an invitation when you get into bed and decide to make love. The Holy Spirit's there. And I guess it's God expressing himself through our intimacy from what we've been learning today, you know, down theologically, etc. But that's it. So a sex challenge, that's for you. And I'm going to leave it with you and just, uh, it's a matter for you. All right, that's it. So that's that. Yeah, just, just to be clear, um, you need to come... Just clear. No, you just, you need to have a mutual decision, if you know what I mean. One doesn't impose it on the other. Sorry. You get my drift. So you need to have the thing needs to be mutual. That's all I'm saying. And um, the other part of the course, and then with, with, with this we'll, we'll close on then, is that uh, there isn't. Yes, there there is an opportunity for you as couples to write a letter from God to your spouse. Seeing your spouse as God sees her. Him. And so this is, you could probably start it now, for sure. But, uh, and, and there are some le little slips being passed around. I'm sorry, as Bill said, uh, we needed to get the photocopier working fast here. So there are slips of paper to be handed out with the three questions. One slip between two, probably Lucy. With the three questions, which are, I'll read them as that's coming. Seeing your spouse through God's eyes, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to help you see your spouse the way God sees them. And secondly, list your spouse's God-given strengths, abilities, gifts, and talents. And then thirdly and lastly, listen to the Holy Spirit and begin writing down what he is saying to your spouse. This letter will be from God to your spouse through your hand. Okay? So, that's it. Yeah, this is actually a really interesting um, thing to do because it's, it's, it's not from us, you understand. It's the Holy Spirit showing us really how God sees our husband or our wife. And um, we, were, we were doing this thing uh, in, a, in another setting just a couple of weeks ago or so. And somebody asked the question, when did you start appreciating your spouse again? And I thought, well, if you do this exercise, I think it can really help you appreciate your husband and your wife all over again. Because it helps you to see them, not necessarily how you are day by day, if you get my drift, because that, you know, you're living with each other. But it's how God sees you, and um, that can give you a whole different perspective. And so I do think it's a very uh, powerful, and uh, important thing to do. So, you know, don't take the, well, my suggestion would be, you don't take the bit of paper and then put it away in the trash. You know, do it at home and then exchange letters and take time to appreciate each other through it. That would be our open prayer. Um, so, so really, that concludes our presentation for this afternoon, but we have some time for questions. And uh, over to you. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask? Yeah. Do, do, in your experience so far, do people who are at different in your experience so far, do people who are at different um, life stages, different stages of their marriage, uh, experience the course very differently? Does it work quite quite um, differently? Say for a couple who've been married for a year or or, or two, or a couple who've been married for thirty five years? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't. I have not known of any research uh, on the, the outcome of that. Bill and Hilly, do you have anything on that? From They lead the course in Trent. I, I, I'm not aware that in terms of these life stages there's any specific feedback. Um, no, but we know that we've had couples in their 20s, up to couples in their 60s, 70s. We've had couples that have been married two weeks We've had couples that have been married 40 years. We've had couples that are totally broken. And we've had couples that think they've got everything right so far. And it's worked with, we've never ever had a couple drop, drop out. And we've never had anybody who said it hasn't made a difference. I think it's because it's, in my language, it's Holy Spirit. And it's whatever's going on in that couple's situation, God will highlight that. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Have any non-Christians been on the course, or couples where there's a Christian and a non-Christian? <coughs> and what's the experience been for that? Yes. It's a great question. Uh, is this course, um, have non-Christians gone on this course? Uh, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. 
but I can give you specifics. There you go. There you go. There you go. So there's the answer. We have vision. Yes, there you go. Right there. And the second part was a Christian and non-Christian. Yeah, and what was the experiences of that kind of I'm sorry. It's, it's a good, the answer is yes, the, these groupings have done it. The experience, I don't know. I, but, oh, the guys from the yeah, come and tell us. Yeah. Ali. Oh, no, if you give me a microphone, I'm not going to sit down again. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a couple on our table. She was a Christian, um, and he wasn't. And um, it was just most, it was amazing watching him pray for his wife. Um, and pray for me, and pray for my husband, and pray for other people on the table. Um, she comes to church with her kids, and we rejoice when we see him in church. So he visits, he visits church. But yeah, I mean, um, like I said, now I've got the microphone. Um, and these guys, these guys are so humble, and they're not trying to plug the lamb course, but I'm going to plug the lamb course, because I stood up in front of my, our leadership team here at Trent, and um, they asked me how I found lamb. I went on a lamb intensive. I can't remember, John, was it? February two, three years ago. I went on an intensive three and a half day course. And I came back into leadership group here. And they said, how was it? And I said, it literally was the most significant, I think, I've ever done since giving my life to Jesus. And people were like, wow, that's Ali, she's exaggerating. And we had people that went on the Nothing Hidden Ministries equivalent for single people and they came back and said Ali was right it is one of the most significant things you can ever do uh, and it's transformed our relationship it still is we're back here doing a refresher I confess that we've you know slipped off the spirit blessing but you know that tool take that tool away with you and use it and it will make a difference Thank you. Hello. I was just thinking that it'd be a really good thing to do as a leadership within the, within the church. But if, if you are um, running it, is it something you can do alongside running it? So if you had all the leaders together, or do you have to have the couple who's running it, is it not possible for them to do it at the same time? Mm. I don't know how it is. Um, is it easy for the, lead, the senior leaders especially to yes. not do it and let everybody else do it? I think yeah. that whoever is leading it, I think they need to have done it before leading it. And then the, the format of this thing is that you you go, you have tables, so it's not like this, because you have um, ideally three couples and then table facilitators, that's another couple. And I would say those facilitators need to have done the course, because if they haven't, they don't know what they're doing, basically. How do you do it? So let me say a bit, sorry, just a bit about options, formats. It might be, might be helpful, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, as you're asking the question, uh, we know of couples who, for example, gone to do the, the course over a week that they do, this course over a week at Reading, and then have come back and have done it in almost a small group format with, with their staff, with their leaders, which I think relates to your question. Yeah. So that's happened. But in this country, there is available what we call, what is called the intensive. There's nothing hidden ministries in UK and Ireland call it the three and a half day intensive. And that's, that's what we went, first of all, Rosemary mentioned, that was done at the Winchester Vineyard as it happened. And uh, 
that we, I think we would say, I would say, <coughs> we recommend if you can to go on one of the intensives to get trained. You, we were talking about it, weren't we, Alex? It's just, it's really important. It's just, it, it, it is, it is intense. I suppose it's fair to call it intense. I wouldn't major on intense. I just think it's jolly hard work. Um, you know, marriage is meant, you know, it's hard work and it's a great thing, but it's, you need to work at it. And so three and a half days intensive, nine in the morning to nine at night, and a half day, and you're living with your table, and you're eating with them, all that. You know, that's that's the deal, and um, it's it's really worth worth doing and praying about. And then if you've done that, then I think it's great to come back to your church, and if the leaders are happy, uh, excuse me, you're not the leader, I mean, that uh, you can offer it in some form uh, as a house group over 18 weeks. Uh, and other formats in the church, led by that couple who've been trained. Does that make sense? In which connection, just, um, and this is very timeless, Hillary gave us information, thank you. Uh, the, the intensives that are not run by Vineyard, they're run by NHM. There are three taking place in the UK between now and June. The first one is in Southampton next month, 20th to 23rd. You can find this online. Then there's one in Scotland in Dundee, where I went to school, in April. And then there's one in June in Sevenoaks in um, Kent in June. So there's three opportunities to go and do an intensive. And I think they cost £195 per couple last time I looked the intensive. So it's an investment. Right, we take one more question because we see that time slip by. Um, you've planted. Uh, me and my wife are just about to plant as well. Yeah. We're planting now. What recommendations would you give for us doing ministry planting, young family, marriage? <laughs> 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 I'll be very naughty. Listen to the Holy Spirit. No, yeah. uh, no I think absolutely. Um, I think you need to make sure that um, the planting, the church, the ministry and all that doesn't take over life. That you need to give time to each other and your family. And even if something slipped through the cracks, you know, because they are as important as, well, more important really, than, yeah. than the ministry. So make sure you take time, give time, quality time for each other and for your family. Marriage first. In all of the list, marriage first. Now, here am I standing, I'm, I'm a real hypocrite for saying that we've planted, you know, we haven't always put it, I haven't always done that, but we always did try. We have two boys, you know, grown men now, but when we did plant, we always endeavored to take Wednesday off. And we always knew we'd be having fish and chips and watching a movie that night with the boys. And that we did stick to. Um, and it just, it's really important. Your marriage is far more important, do you see? Um, and so put it, put it first, as it was. Um, just a, a quote from a teenage boy who with his parents, they, they uh, were part of our group. And I didn't know him. And he just came up to me and eyeballed me, literally. And he said, whatever you're doing with my parents, Keep going. <laughs> because it transformed not just the couple, 
was for the whole family and and they were doing the tools with their friends and it has ripples thank you can we just pray for you can we just pray together well thank you for those brilliant questions um i'm sure there's many more you, you know where to find us i guess if you have more questions but father i just thank you for this time i thank you for everyone here and I ask that you will indeed bless all of our spirits. And I, I just sense the Holy Spirit saying to all of us as a, a group here that he's speaking to our spirits and saying he's really enjoyed the journey so far. Talking to our spirits. And so Lord, I pray you will equip us to keep going, but to keep going more enthusiastically, more affectionately, more passionately in all that you give us to do, as you reflect your life and love through our beings. And I pray that uh, you will bless every marriage here. Bless with faithfulness, bless with love, and bless with joy. To your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>